Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the 18. Best car I had here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check your flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Hey everybody, it's TJ Major, spotter of the 22 Cup car, the 22 Xfinity car, and the 25 truck. You're in your 20s. I'm all in my 20s. Uh, obviously, longtime member of Door Bumper Clear, host with me, Brett Griffin. Yeah, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer, Elliot Sadler, Myatt Snyder, and thanks to One Main Financial for bringing this podcast to you guys again this year. We've got a new look in the studio, it's been rearranged, and we've got one face missing and one new face present, TJ. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be me and Spotter Brett today, and along with our new producer. How about his hair? It's nice. Jason Thank Schultz. You. Thank he you. He has yeah. got. I like your shirt, too. Those are almost Thank like uh, Gamecock reds. Yeah. Thing. They're Patriots colors, but. Oh, is that what it is? I was going to wear this regardless are today. Are you a Patriots fan? I am. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm from <laughs> upstate New York, though, so. Well, me, too. Another, <laughs> another Yankee. Yeah, that's, that's a problem because upstate New York is normally Buffalo territory. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, closer to Massachusetts. Maybe that's a little. Well, maybe. <laughs> what about the Jets? Uh, my uh, yeah. family's from New England, so it's okay. kind of well, born into it. What about another? Can you get a higher button? Just wondering. Higher? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Next time I'll You're gonna get be, one up you got to be so hot in here. Uh-huh. He's buttoned Good. to the bottom. He, of the he needs one of those bow ties on every week. He does. All right. if I'll you, work on that. <laughs> He needs a bow tie right now to be I mean, it'd be perfect. But anyway, Patriots. Yeah. Jason's going to be our new producer. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. We met with him last yeah. week for lunch. TJ, you've since shaved. I did. I got some meetings this week, and I heard there might be some cameras in here now and then, so you I wasn't going to. You had a full beard. Yeah, it's off season. And I was like, <laughs> you want me? who is this guy? <laughs> that And I had actually, uh, I shaved probably three times in the off season. Mm. It was awesome. I yeah. love not shaving. I know. It's, it's so nice. Best Shaving. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's the way to go. Man, busy winter. What'd you do? Uh, actually, I was just starting to get used to having a few weekends off at home. It was kind of quiet the last few weeks. Um, real busy in the beginning of the, the off season there. Um, obviously, with the young do, one at the house. Do anything fun? Um, I went to my parents' house in Pennsylvania. It was single digits the whole time we were there. Nice. Nice and cold. A lot of snow. Yeah. Um, it did, uh, at, uh, the retirement party, I believe was in the off season, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That you were, reti- you were not very partying that night though. You were, well, you that's were because I had a, a kid the next morning. Yeah. I, I think had your a, spouse was partying harder than you were. Yeah. I had to 
pull the reins on that because yeah. I knew I had to take care of the kid the next day. My favorite part of the Dell Jr. party was Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. He 100% said, I am not going on stage. And Clint Boyer was not hearing it. Clint physically carried Kid Rock and made him go out and sing a song. And he sang that Sweet Home Alabama song yeah, for he, 27 straight minutes. He did it good. He put on a hell of a show. He did. And he uh, obviously – um. The band was it had enjoying it. You could tell. Um, who was it? Could it you imagine being Cole's a band? Who was and it? I'm not hating on 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 you know Cole Swindell yeah, by any Cole means because I'm a fan <clears> of his. But could you imagine being in Cole Swindell's band and all of a sudden, here comes Kid Rock and you get to play yeah. with Kid Rock for 27 straight minutes. Yeah, he they, nailed I mean, it Billy, too. Billy Currington struggled to sing Garth Brooks. I felt like I could have done that better. Did y'all well, hear? I mean, y'all y'all were there for that. I'm pretty sure Billy Currington didn't think he was going on stage. He either. didn't look like he knew he was going. No, on stage. and that. Pretty much, I think, how Billy Currington normally looks. Is it? <laughs> I think so. That's his look? I mean, just, yeah, I think. Coles Wendell killed it, though. This Billy Currington, he looks like he's walked straight off the beach Yeah. every time I've ever seen him. Like, straight off the beach with a, a shirt button with only three buttons or two buttons and, like, flip-flops and, like, he's just ready to sit down and continue to get hammered. My, my second favorite part of the night is Dell Jr.'s first speech was very professional. And then his second speech had a lot of F-bombs in it. I was like, yeah, this is a guy we want to hear talk. Well, that was probably uh, – that was the – That was post-cocktails. Yeah, that was a few. And that was a fun party. It though. was a fun party. It was like another reunion. I saw a lot of people there that I haven't seen in a long time. So it was uh, it was pretty cool to, to see that many people come out. And, it, you know, all the people that had a hand in putting that together did an awesome job, they too. They did. It was really cool. We had on those watches that were like – Bump we it had, to the music. So, yeah, we had these wristbands on that they lit up to the color of the music. And the only problem with them is, is they were gigantic. They were gigantic. And I felt like you were under house arrest or something. If you walked outside, you were getting zapped or something. Yeah. But uh, it was an awesome party. You know, I'm sure JR had a lot to do with that. And um, um, any of the planning stuff, Amy probably had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. I know she put a lot into it. So it was awesome. Great job to them. Yeah, that was fun. I actually went deer hunting a couple times, skiing a couple times, and then you turn around and it's like we're off to Daytona. It did goes you, faster than you think. Did you kill a deer? I killed a monster. Did I they tie it? I showed it to. Did Natalie you Dell Junior hunt where they tie it to the tree and you climb up in the tree and shoot down at it? Well, I shot it from 330 yards for and whatever you that's worth. Then and it I'm ran towards you. I'm not a very good shooter, but nonetheless, I shot that one. That's a big deer. Yeah, that's a big deer. It's a pretty big deer. Yeah, he scored like 165, eight-pointer. Huge. Yeah, it's South good. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, apparently you never watched Bambi. Man, I ate Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good deer. That's uh, Where was it at? South Texas. Oh, uh, yeah. On a 10,000-acre ranch. Midwest has some. Well, it's in Texas where they're, they're breeding them them deer where they've got like these enormous like they do but this guy doesn't believe in that genetic manipulation yeah that's what they're doing to them his is all natural yeah so he's got ten thousand acres of natural stuff but yeah i mean there you'll fly over some high fence stuff where they're doing some of that nice well not a fan of that either i mean it's cool <laughs> to look at but yeah that is like a little bit crazy yeah then you yeah. go to aspen i did uh clint had never been to aspen he wanted to go it's one of my favorite towns the snow was not very good but the skiing was amazing you what know, about the drinking? Considering that's 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 why you go to Aspen. <laughs> you don't go for the skiing. No, it's fun, man. It's a party. It's a party. Saw Jimmy. You know Jimmy's got a place out there. Jimmy goes to Aspen. Well, he he uh, lives there half the he year. He lives there a lot of times. Yeah. So we went to a bar that I went to in college in in the late nineties, which was called the Red Onion. Jimmy showed up, so mm. he taught me something. 
instead of drinking your tequila with a lemon or lime, drink it with an orange. Got to try that. Orange tequila? No, it's tequila. <laughs> Chase it with an orange. You know, lick it, slam it, suck it. Uh, next. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the saying is for tequila shots. You lick the salt, you slam the shot, you suck the lemon. Well, instead of sucking lemon, suck orange. Okay. Wait. Yeah, we can move into some hot topics now. <laughs> that pretty much is a hot topic. <laughs> oh, man. So we have some racing coming up. Uh, it's finally you, you time. Did the, you did the 24, right? I didn't this year. Oh, you didn't do it? No. So Robbie Benton, the guy that, that me and uh, Kevin Hamlin normally worked for the 24-hour, he yeah. shot his team down and went to Penske. Yeah, I know he went to work so, for Penske. Um, and he's been an awesome help there. Uh, everyone there has been great, but Robbie came in there. He's a team manager, kind of works under Travis Geisler. He's been, I mean, anything you need, he's he's good at handling stuff. You know, I'll, I'll say this about Penske, and obviously you know more than I do, but looking at Mike Nelson, looking at Travis Geisler, looking at guys like Robbie Benton, their leadership are guys that I've known and been around for a long time, but their guys are younger. You know, when you look at some of these other uh, other shops and other race teams, a lot of their upper management, if you will, older. are older guys. So yeah. I, I almost think that when you look at from a culture standpoint, we all know that Penske is a much more of a, of a corporate culture than, say, a Hendrick or, say, an MWR where I've worked, say, yeah. a Stuart Haas, you know, where I work now. But I think from a leadership standpoint, they do a really good job of being yeah. able to bridge the gap because, let's face it, you know, Roger's knocking 80 years old. But, but when you have young people like that in leadership, they can relate more to people that are, that are their age. Yeah, and it, they're really good, too. They've been a lot of fun to work with. Um, very corporate, very nice. Um, really good. Looking really forward to getting, you know, started down rate. And, you so know, do you have races. to wear either, A, your uniform shirt on the weekend, or, B, the white top, black pants like every other Penske guy? I think I'm going to go the dress with code? The, I think I'm going to go with the team uniform stuff. Yeah. Um, and I guess this year, I don't know if we if we have a letter or a number or an armband. Are we supposed to have that still? So, man, I got to tell you this. So, so NASCAR said at Media Tour, we don't have any major changes to announce. And I'm thinking, you've already made major changes. You've cut out a pit crew guy that's yeah, going over the that's wall. that's pretty big. You've said we've got roster limitations, which are huge, especially to Xfinity mm -hmm. Series teams. Everyone's had to make adjustments. So, what are you talking about? We don't have any <laughs> major announcements. So, to your point, I went and got all my apparel. <clears throat> And I, I put my apparel on, you know, I'm checking it out, making sure it's not too tight. Did you take a picture? Making sure my man boobs aren't blowing out of the shirt. You got a picture, don't you? You selfied? And I don't, see a, <laughs> I don't see a patch for my shoulder thing. So I don't know what they, I don't, I don't know. know what that means. I don't know. I mean, I didn't. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I think the pit crew thing, is that in the show anywhere? Yeah, it's in our hot topic, so right. we can cover uh, it Is the roster thing in here? Yeah, it's the pit crew changes in general. So, yeah, got so, all that. so I'll go back. So I know we're going to get into that a little bit in the show, but, you know, for NASCAR to say there's no big changes. Hey, man, a lot of people lost their jobs over your changes. Yeah, we cut out a, we cut out an expensive um, position. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty high-dollar position. A changer, uh, it's a changer, right? Most people are going to leave a tire carrier okay, at home. So, uh, yeah, okay, so it's a carrier, but still, I mean, that's. So what they're doing is a lot of race teams are saying, okay, you're a carrier. We're going to train you to be a carrier and a jack man or a carrier and a gas man. So it's almost like they eliminated a backup position. They let that starter keep his job, and they're trying to figure out how to manage it. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking it was a changer. It's not a changer. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, having a one less tire carrier isn't a huge, huge adjustment in my opinion. But the um, I will say probably the biggest thing here uh, is maybe the pit guns. Yeah. Pit guns are a lot different. 
pick guns are, are a lot slower. Pick guns are rented. bought rented from a company that NASCAR has selected. So we had teams going out and spending millions of dollars on developing high speed pick guns. <clears throat> but let's be honest with each other. Millions of dollars. Let's be honest with each other. Those expenses had already been made. People had already developed them. We were using the pit guns. Well, then NASCAR came and said, we're going to save you guys money. No, you're not. We've already spent the money to develop these guns. Now we've wasted the money. We're going to rent these yeah. crappy guns, which are supposed to slow pit stops down. So, And they are going to. And they don't have – so they're regulating the pressure. Yeah. They can run through the gun, too. We They run them guns before it. I mean, it's – I mean, you – Here's my question. It's just like if you and I go race go-karts at GoPro, and I get on a faster go-kart. Like, are those guns going to be calibrated the exact same speed? How do we know? I don't know. Like, it's kind of crazy how that oh, is coming down the chain. So, they're regulating them. Um, I guess, uh, and I don't know if all this is fact or not, but I guess they're going to be able to tell. Um, there's going to be some sort of data deal on each hose right. that tells the pressure that went through that hose and everything. Any data they can get from that uh, goes back to a chart or whatever so they can see who – make sure everyone's getting the same stuff. Right. You know, you're not getting – you know, crappy gun. Yeah, you're 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 getting the same pressure as me because the more pre- I mean, they were running these guns at such high pressure where they just hit the that lug nut. All they're doing is this. They're hitting it. Yeah. Now they're gonna have to stay on it a little bit longer. Yeah. And um, you know, make sure it gets tight. Have it in the stud. I'm kind of wondering if it's gonna create some loose wheels this year in the beginning. Is there gonna be a bunch of loose wheels? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a gonna be interesting. Unknowns. Yeah. A lot so, of a lot of a lot of pit crew change stuff. Um, I guess me and Brett will see if we get our patches or whatever we're getting. Man, I you know I don't I'm I'm kind of like what the f- is this patch deal? Like I'm on the roof. I mean, if I'm in order for our yeah. cars to go on the racetrack, people, we have to check in. When the, we check in, <laughs> they release our car to go compete. The official's not going to look for a patch. No. And half the time, I mean, when it's 45 degrees in Martinsville, do I got to wear this patch outside my fourth layer? Yeah. I mean, what what's the deal here? Yeah, I mean, I this is kind of ridiculous. If you're going to make if you're going to single people out, make specific shirts. Like, okay, put the name on the back of your shirt. Underneath it, right, right, right spotter. Right. You know, yeah. put, uh, you know, if you got a front-end mechanic, whatever, write his last name, then, you know, mechanic. Yeah. If you want to advertise. You want to help these people like that. But, uh, oh, give a, get a patch. Get a patch. Get a patch. Okay. What else we got in Hot Topics? We go with schedule changes for this season. I don't know how this is going to be until we actually do it. Vegas over Loudon is going to be a little different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really get caught up in that schedule changes stuff. You know, I mean, for me as a, as a guy working in the sport, uh, on the management side with with Elliot and with One Main and the marketing stuff, I work a month ahead, right? So when I'm, you know, at home on, and this time of year, we're working on those first four or five races. Once I get to the racetrack on yeah. Thursday night, man, I just focus solely on what I have to do that weekend. So it doesn't really matter to me where you carry me and when you carry me. Uh, I, I do think. From a schedule change perspective, the one track that needed schedule help was Atlanta because that's a phenomenal racetrack, Burr. a phenomenal track surface, and we go there, and it's typically freezing cold. So yeah. if they were going to make a schedule change, Atlanta should have been a priority. You know, when Atlanta said they're not going to repave, let's give them a hot race to make that thing really fun. You know what I mean? Let's give them a nice hot race where them tires wear out, yep. and we'll get the – you know, Kyle Larson will probably wear the quarter panel off his car running against the fence, you know. Yeah. Let's make it hot. Let's make these guys race there. That's where, that's where the the skill of these guys comes in too. When this these racetracks wear out, and you see them guys driving the car like that. That's fun to me. Yeah. You know, when it's forty five degrees and they hold it wide open for a handful of laps, like going to a truck race there, 
I mean, it, it's they don't even have to go all the way up off the corner off of two. Right. They don't even need the racetrack to do it. To me, that's not not fun. But um, Vegas over um, Loudon, that's not going to make any difference to me. Yeah. I mean, really, Indy. I wish it said IR or ORP, IRP, whatever it said. That would be a you want a good uh, you want a good cutoff race. Yeah, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. Yeah. So. What about the Charlotte Roval? Awesome. Can't wait to run it. <laughs> I mean, it's gonna that race is gonna be more exciting, in my opinion, than the other one that they're getting ready to do there. What other one? If we weren't to run the oval, we're just run the big track. Yeah. I mean, to me, the Roval. I, did you do any testing there? No. Okay, I went there for a truck test. It's pretty interesting. They cut out some of them real, real, real they slow cut sections. Cut out the snaky stuff at the end. Yeah, which they probably needed to because our cars yeah. don't need to be doing I that. But so, yeah. the course that I saw and the onboard that I saw, look, those guys are going to be wheeling it in a few corners, and it's nice. Yeah. They did a really good job making it really nice. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's cool. Charlotte's stepping out right here and taking a chance. They're, they're like, you know what? These races need a little. They're selling a lot of tickets for that Roval. I, I mean, I would that. go watch it. Why yeah. not? Yeah, I'd give it a shot. If you weren't spotting that race, would you not go sit in the stands with a cooler? Yeah, I'd, I'd go sit in any stands with a cooler <laughs> in any race. <laughs> I mean, it'd be awesome. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it'll be cool. All right, Danica's Daytona ride. Boy, it's green. Yeah, <laughs> it's very uh, green. I mean, she announces she's going to run a double. And, and and let's say this about Danica Patrick before we even talk about this. From the minute she said she was done racing, boy, she put herself in the publicity circle of everything. Who she was breaking up with, who she was dating, her book—I mean, she has had more publicity working than, out than any race car driver has had all winter. Danica Patrick, who isn't even racing anymore, had more publicity mm-hmm. than any of them. Aaron Rodgers. So her her PR team, man, hats off to hats off to them. <laughs> I don't know if they asked for that. <laughs> they but she's—I mean, she's yeah. she's done what she wanted to do to sell books. I got a couple friends that, that have a book that say it's amazing. Good workouts, good recipes. Yeah, she doesn't do anything. Uh, one thing about Danica, when she gets into something and she sets her mind to it, she does it right and, yeah. com- and finishes it, you know. So uh, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to, to seeing her. And honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing her and Tony Jr. work together again. I yeah. think I'm interested in seeing how it, how it turns out because she might – let's take all the pressure off Danica now. She's going just to have fun now, Yeah, you know. So I'm interested in seeing, was there a lot of pressure before? Maybe now if you take the pressure off, she just naturally, you know, sometimes it's like that. You take a little bit of the pressure off, people perform a little bit better. And once they, you know, there's a, um, she's been under the spotlight quite a bit. So I think when she announced that she was going to run the double, she thought she would attract the Chip Ganassi's, the Roger Penske's. Yeah. And obviously she didn't. And, and whether that be from a capital standpoint or a marketing standpoint, it didn't happen. And then this RCR spinoff deal ended up being what was going to make the most sense for her here. Obviously, we'll wait on what happens on the Indy side. You know, yeah. I feel I feel like she'll show up with a car that's good enough to compete. Yeah. She's good enough in the draft to compete. Uh, yeah. So it'll, it'll be interesting. Well, now she has backing. She has backing behind her now. Yeah. And I'm not sure she had that right when she announced her deal. I don't know if that was finalized before that. Yeah. Well, I think we all knew she was going to have to have it or she wasn't going to have a ride. Yeah, but now that people know she's got it, if people would have known going into the off season that hey she's got GoDaddy behind her again, mm-hmm. maybe we you know it might have been easier to put something together. Yeah. So I'm I'm confident now with some backing here she'll probably find something decent for the Indy 500 as well. Yeah, and we'll all watch it for. Yeah, I mean we're all going to watch her in it. Yeah, I mean you know she's always been a big draw. She's never been a you know a, a 
perfect performer by any means. She's not been one to go out and consistently. Here's the problem I've had with Annika Patrick. She came here and got in great cars and didn't contend to win. She went to Stuart Haas and got in really good cars, and she's racing Michael McDowell and Landon Castle and Casey Mears every week. So in the quality of car that she was in, she should have been racing Joy Logano some weeks, which I know she was that time that he wrecked her. It's too bad you wasn't spotting for him then. Yeah, Charlotte? Crap. Was it Charlotte? Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. Kansas. Turn one. Oh, when something yeah. broke. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, not that wreck, obviously, but she, she should have been racing those quality of guys on a more consistent basis. And, you know, it just – she always lost laps early. Thank God for lucky dogs. Every now and then she'd pull out a top ten. But for the most part, man, you know, her career has been built around marketing and branding versus success on a racetrack. All right. We're going to take a break. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, quick overview of spot on, spot off. I'll give TJ and Brett a topic to debate, alternating who responds first. A handful of the topics will pertain to racing, and one of the topics will be what we consider off-the-wall non-racing topic. All right, TJ, you'll be first up for this one. Monster is entering its second year as the entitlement sponsor, but has yet to announce any plans beyond 2018. Do you think they will sign on for additional seasons? Um, I'm not sure. You know, you know, this is probably more marketing side would be more Brett here, but I think, I don't know. I really don't know. What do you think? Man, I mean, when I look at what they're doing across sports in general, it makes sense for them to have a large footprint in NASCAR. You know, the question becomes how well is NASCAR servicing Monster? And I don't think that's something that any of us are privy to. We don't know all the assets they've been offered. We don't know how well that's all being executed and carried out. So I think time will tell. But at the end of the day, as someone who sits here in sponsorship, it's a big challenge to not know if you have a title sponsor for next year already. Because if you're working on it, you're working on it. If you're not working yeah. on it, then like you, you, we, we all as a sport need to know, do we want and need our third title sponsor in the last three years? That's certainly never seen that happen. I think with the changes they're making, it might start catering a little bit to more what they like as well. Their NASCAR is kind of mixing it up a little bit, kind of uh, getting out of the traditional, getting further away from the <laughs> traditional stuff that we're all used to. But it might be time for some more of that stuff. Yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, we don't know. Maybe in two weeks they announce a three-year deal with them. Yeah. You know, you never know. So we'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Kyle Busch called NASCAR's marketing of young drivers stupid. Do you agree or disagree with his statement? Ooh, Brett, he'll get in trouble. Man, I I don't think it's stupid. I think it's just different. And I think the veteran guys are saying, why are you abandoning and ignoring us and choosing guys who haven't won races and promoting them on national levels? You know, when we came in, you know, young guys didn't get a lot of love. And now all of a sudden you're taking guys who've never won a race with the exception of Ryan Blaney and you're marketing them. They cut a commercial with Martin Truex, Daniel Suarez, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney. You got a champion, you got Ryan Blaney's won one race. Like Those other two guys wouldn't have been in there 10 years ago. So it's just a change of, of their thought process. 
you know, I don't, I don't necessarily. Um, I think it's we got to market the young guys. We got to get people interested. They're the guys that are going to be the foundation of the sport for a while. Kyle, in my opinion, makes his presence known many times. I mean, he is a he's he's involved in every race. You know, he is a he's a factor in every race. So, um, you know, and Kyle gets a, he's had a lot of face time. Lot he's had a lot of coverage. He's won a lot of races. Um, I think he. I know he wants more. Everyone wants more, but. These people want to see Blaney. They want to see these young guys. You know, they want to see them guys coming up. Um, and they're and these guys are doing things that these other drivers didn't do. You know, Ryan Blaney goes and eats lunch in the stands with fans during a test. Well, when has that been done? Right. When when has that somebody ever done that? That's something. That's old school stuff. That's like it's like something back in the day. You know, when the guys took a break, they go sit with some fans. It's sitting, like sitting at the back of the holler and somebody walking up. Yeah. Um. These yep. guys don't sit out back anymore like they used to. No. Marketing young drivers is, is certainly not stupid. However, the the majority of the fan base is gonna gonna engage and be attracted by our older guys. You know, the Kevin Harvicks, the Jimmy Johnsons, the Kyle Bushes, the Kurt Bushes. Those guys are selling tickets. Those guys are getting eyeballs to TV. So you can't ignore those guys when you're building these marketing campaigns and putting them in front of people that may or may not know a lot about NASCAR. Spot on, spot off. Not having Dale Jr. on track in 2018 will impact the sport. Uh, you know, uh, can you really spot on or spot off that? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, spot on because it was the right time for him, um, and he's still very relevant in the sport. He's going – I mean, he was he's still promoting our sport. He's still involved highly in the second half of the year you're probably going to see more Dale Jr. than what you want to see. So I think he's going to be – people are going to end up seeing Dale Jr. more than what they probably would have before. You know what I mean? He's not going to be on the track racing, but you're still going to hear his opinions, his views, his insight, you know, his insights and things and stuff. So I think that's going to be – I think that's going to have a big impact. Yeah, I'm spot on. It's definitely going to impact the sport. But let me tell you something as a sports fan. I love football, especially college football. And the best thing about college football is I get to see a lot of different broadcasters and a lot of different analysts throughout the year. Unfortunately, our networks spend a lot of money on a small pool of talent. So when you watch NBC, it's the same people all the time. You watch Fox, it's the same people all the time. We're now going to have a chance to add a guy of Dell Jr.'s caliber. And when I say his caliber, I mean his insight is going to be well beyond what most people think it's going to be. He's going to give you some great feedback. But where I have the most interest of him not being on the track is the fact that we get a new face in the booth. Mm -hmm. We get a fresh perspective. This guy just got out of the race car. And when we get to Daytona, we get to some of these places where he had so much success. We're going to get more information than what we've gotten as fans. And for me as a fan, that's a big thing. Yeah. I will also say that he's gotten involved more and more with the sport as well now. He's gotten to know more people on the other side as well. Um, I think he's going to continue to grow them relationships with different spotters, people that he, you know, that he's going to talk about during the broadcast with producers, people like that. He's going to, he's going to build more relationships and, and, uh, affect more people that way as well. So he's got to go to Korea. I know, but I, man, that's what do they speak over there? Korean? Yeah. So well, do you think he <laughs> comes back and he's like dropping Korean on the Daytona 500? I don't know. I don't think he's going to drop any Korean. Nah. I think he's going after Daytona too. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, but I mean, dude, that's a life experience, though. He's getting to do fun stuff. He had I'll a tell great you, week. Ain't going to Korea, this <laughs> guy. I mean, they asked you to, and they were paying you. They might. I ain't going to Korea, bro. <laughs> you know they're going. I keep do you. not leave <laughs> North America for any reason, ever. I love Canada. 
I love America, and I like Mexico. Ever. I'm not leaving North America. Never. No. Okay. What's I'm if, just saying. No, we have the internet. If we want to see a picture <laughs> of something really pretty in North Korea, guess what I can do? I can Google it. I can YouTube it, and I can feel like I'm there. I don't have to leave. Yeah, we North also America. have the internet, and you still go to shoe shows. Well, that's because you can't. You can still Google what you want to see. <laughs> can't replace. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do they have shoe shows in North Korea? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I'm going. What's <laughs> Has any of us Dell Jr. got room on his plane? You went from not going to you want to go now? Yeah, now I want to be a partner. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to embarrass Jason. <laughs> Jason, have you been to a shoe show yet? No, I'm 19, oh. so I got Oh, they got under oh, 21 ones. Yeah, what about? Don't they? Scores. I got a fake ID. Can you go, mustache? Yeah, yeah you got to gain like 80 pounds and I can get you in. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on it oh by the summer. You've never been to a shoe show? Never. Oh, my God. This kid's going to be ruined in this. <laughs> He's going to be ruined by us. I've been listening you. for two years. I've got already slightly ruined. So do you know what happens in these establishments? I've got a good idea. They're oh, wearing yeah? nothing but shoes. <laughs> That's the first thing. And you sometimes, look at your shoes? Well, sometimes you get lunch with a view. <laughs> they have really good prime rib. Yeah, okay. Some, somebody told me Scores has the best wings in Mooresville. I don't know. Have y'all had that? It's South Korea. What I say? Korea? I mean, North Korea? Oh, that guy's deadly. Yeah, it's not North Korea. Well, I mean, we know that. <laughs> they wouldn't have the Olympics up there. I don't. Th I never assumed that Brett meant North Korea. No. It's only like 60 miles from the North Korea border, though, the yeah, It's like North Dakota, really South Dakota, where Natalie's uh, from. I would be going over there. It's Rocket like Man gets anxious. <laughs> Rocket Man. Yeah. How about his nickname, or Rocket Man? <laughs> How about his <laughs> haircut? Oh, God. You got hit the button. Can, can you, I got it. <laughs> can you imagine having a haircut that bad? Man, being that rich, this guy built his own ski resort, and then you look at his hair, and you're like, I can't take him serious. You know where his bedroom probably no is? Like, the two worst haircuts in in the world right now have to be their president and our president. That's a good point. Donald I mean, Trump's hair and this rocket man's hair. I will Kim say. Kim Jong-un, is that his name? Un, Kim Jong-un. See, I speak Korean. I, I just call him Rocket Man. You know where his bedroom is, right? He probably has a bedroom. No, I don't know where <laughs> his bedroom is. In the shoe show. <laughs> He probably has a shoe Ooh. show in his bedroom. Probably. Still want to go? Uh-uh. I'm not. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> I'm not leaving North America. It's just oh, not me. Oh, man. You know, some people want to travel the world. I got a cousin. She travels the world. I'm like, for well, what? Does scores have an age limit? We're going to find out. I know the manager. We'll just get him stuck <laughs> in the back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just won't drink. You can't drink. When but I was no. in college... You could go into strip clubs if you were under 21. That's not the case anymore. Not even in Myrtle Beach, where there's no morals in that town. We're going to get you in a strip club, Jason. <laughs> All right, by the end of the season. I'll take the money, because I know you probably don't have any money either. <laughs> no, I got zero. Yep. Yeah, you got to buy those really cute shirts, and you got to unbutton that top button. <laughs> yeah. Right? Cause no, I actually, they, actually they leave that button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd ruin that shirt. Right. Right? You like glitter? Yeah. <laughs> Sequins. <laughs> So here's All the right. only bad part about it. I got to say this: <laughs> they smoke a lot in there. Oh yeah. And for that some reason, these girls think that if they just put like three gallons of perfume on, you'll never smell it. <laughs> so that you, you almost have to hold your breath the whole time you're in there. Yeah. But we'll get him just wallered on. <laughs> We'll put him on stage. You know how they put some guys on stage in their boxers and make them sit there and dance all the time? <laughs> I'll pay enough for that to happen. 
All right, the Clash at Daytona is now scheduled as a daytime event. Spot on, spot off. Should it be a daytime or night race? Spot on, man. It. Uh, we know that Daytona puts on a better race during the day. It always has. It always will. The Daytona 500 is a great race. And you know, as that track cools off, we see the pack kind of pack back up. But I'm a big fan of, of seeing this race run. And most races run, to be quite honest with you, during the day. Like, I mean, the, you know, some of these short tracks we can pull off a night race, but these temperature-sensitive places, we don't need to be racing at night. What was that? This app keeps bringing up these random sounds when what I click on it. What did that hit that again? It was like a commercial for, like, a trucking company or something. <laughs> Dude, so far, you know, producer Josh, who we're going to miss, he's gotten busy. He's gotten reassigned. But so far, y'all are about tit for tat on being able to run that soundboard <laughs> over there. He wasn't very good at it. So far, you're not being very good at it. I'll figure it out. Uh, the only button he would hit was a throw-up button. No. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't found that one yet. And That's he laughed just as hard the last time he hit that throw-up <laughs> button as the first time he ever hit that throw-up button. Because that's normally what he did every Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> it was a recording of him. So I don't know what he advice he gave you about this sound room, yeah. but you're following it. Forget yeah. everything he told you. Yeah, do the, right, do the opposite from now on. Yeah. But what Brad said, nighttime, I, I like some – I like short track nighttime racing. Um, I like mile and a half stuff. They're just too fast, too stuck to these racetracks to run, to put on a good race sometimes at these tracks. Now, you want to you want to run a Bristol or Martinsville, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Boston, let's go all day under the lights. Yeah. Um, but we these mile and a halfs, they're just so fast. And when that sun goes down, they do nothing but get faster and stick to that racetrack more. So um, I like daytime racing. I think – Daytona's got new rules. I mean, uh, we've got new rules at Daytona, too, so these cars might be a handful, and this clash is going to be a good way to find out. Yep. Spot on, spot off. There will be a first-time pole winner at Daytona. Spot off here. I think it'll be a repeat. Uh, Actually, nope, changing my mind. <laughs> spot on, first-time pole winner at Daytona. 22 car. Joey Logano. Yeah, I mean, Dang. I, I, I think, you know, the – Here's the reality of this thing. We're going to go down there on Friday. We're going to practice on Saturday. And on Sunday, they're going to qualify. And all these people are going to put in all this work and all these hours to fill two positions into the Daytona 500. So spot on for whoever wins the poll. You know, but there's a lot of hype around it that isn't always real. And then that guy can go out and wreck in the duels or the twins or whatever we're calling them this year, and he still have to start in the back. Like, man, uh, I almost want to see this qualifying go back to just normal qualifying or just we draw a pill and go run those races. This It seems like a lot of work to lock in two spots in today's world. I mean, at least, yeah. I mean, it, they only lock, I don't know. It is a lot of work to lock into. Maybe raise it a little bit. I mean, it, but to me, it's kind of tradition. You know, if you pull it out here, you're going to be on the front row. That takes a lot of stress off you. We've I've been fortunate enough to been on that be on that front row two or three times takes a lot of stress off you for them duels it's you know you you try to win the duel um but also if something does happen and starts to get dicey a little bit you've got the option to like okay look here i know what i got here i'm not going to risk it anymore um it's kind of nice to have that but i kind of like the reward for it and um i kind of like how it is elliot now elliot and i won this race a couple times together one time i know he qualified on the front row because he qualified second biffle qualified first and we won that duel. The other time we won it with Tommy Ball, and I can't remember where we qualified. But for me, man, I got to disagree with you. When that race starts, no matter where I've qualified, the reality is you and I are both locked into this race with mm -hmm. this new charter system. So we don't have that pressure of going home. 
but for me, man, when that when that plate st- race starts, no matter what it's for, it's it's intense. You know, it, you can yeah. say, well, I got the pressure. I'm on the front row, but man, it's it's I'm practicing for the Daytona 500 in that particular race. I'm not so much worried about anymore where I'm going to start. Because we all know at some point we're going to the front, some point we're going to the middle, some point we're going to get off on pit strategy and go to the back. So for me, man, like putting in all this work for, I mean, we're talking about three days of work to lock in two cars. It just seems a little bit in today's world, a little bit crazy. We raced it. We've raced it hard as well. And let's be honest, it's confusing. We've won that. It's confusing. A little bit. We've raced the duel as well, and and one I've we've I've I mean, we've won it probably three times or something. But and you do race it just like always. Yeah. Um. But you are racing. That's the race experience that you're going to get for the Daytona 500. That is the test session it for is. it. I it will is. say that uh, one thing why I'm okay with it how it is because they cut out that three day test that we used to have in January. Thank God. They got rid of that three day test. That was a lot of waste of money that in was my a waste opinion. Of time and money. So. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, we come forward and we go, hey, we're going to save you guys money. We're going to cut the pit crew down a guy. And you're like, okay, well, that could save us $150,000. Yeah. Then they come out and say, hey, we got this new laser inspection system. <laughs> and for you guys to go out and buy it, it's going to cost you about $400,000. It's like, yeah. well, man, I sure am glad we saved that one fifty on that person. And you're going to get these pit guns from us. Yeah, we're going to save you tons here. I think the cost side, man, you know, it's it's something that we have to manage as an industry. And you say I had, there was a guy named Jim Noble that one time tweeted, "Fans don't need to worry about how much shows or how much it costs us to come out and race." Yeah, they do, because when the costs get astronomical, we start cutting corners and start. We it's not going to be as competitive as it could be. It absolutely gets less and less competitive because right now I have to think from a revenue standpoint, Joe Gibbs Racing has the most revenue coming in than any other Cup team. Now, it doesn't mean that Rick Kendrick can't funnel some of his money in or Stuart Gene Haas can't funnel some of his money in. But to compete, we all have to kind of be around that same area because people say, well, money buys speed. It really doesn't. It buys resources and people, and those resources and people make your cars go faster. I got a question for you. So you you say Joe Gibbs has the, the most money. Now, if, if you go uh, owner to owner, to me, like does Rick Kendrick and them, do they have to go find as much money? Yeah, I'm. What I'm saying is, but you know, Rick has a lot of other side businesses, like a lot of other. He does. To me, I don't see. To me, Joe Gibbs doesn't compete on that level. Now, can they take? You know, they're profiting off all that too. Can they? Do they mind using some of that and go for less sponsorship money? You know, can they ask for less because they know they're going to pull some from there? I think Roger Penske has of the of the wealthy owners in the sport. He has the best model. He's got a great model, yeah. His idea of marketing is I'm going to take businesses that I do business with and I'm going to take some of their dollars they give to me and I'm going to turn that into a marketing channel and put them in in motorsports and and make their deal work. So he's doing what you're insinuating Rick may have to do. When you look at the Valvoline sponsorship, Rick owns hundreds of dealerships. It's easy for him to go out and get an oil deal. When you look at – you know, the, the, the old deal that you guys have with Penzol. Uh-huh. It's easy for Roger to attract that because he's the ma- major fleet owner of trucks in the country. He manages the freaking FedEx trucks, the UPS trucks, <laughs> the Cintas uniform yeah. trucks. So he's able to go out and pull money from those programs mm-hmm. where he's got revenue coming in and, and, and ch- channel it to his race team. As you said, Joe Gibbs is completely different. He's, he's going out he's and sell signing that. sponsorship. Yeah. But guess what? That M&M's deal, $20 million plus. FedEx deal, $20 million plus. Mm-hmm. Aris deal. 20 million plus. Eric Jones's car probably 15 million plus. So when you look at it as as a team, how much sponsorship are they attracting? 
they're attracting the most. Well, it's going to make wealthy guys like Gene Haas, like Rick Hendrick, like Roger Penske, leverage some of their other businesses because, to your point, yeah, if, if Gibbs is going to spend $20 million more, they're going to be the team to beat. But those guys, those egos and their other businesses, they're not going to let that happen. No. You know? I wouldn't, would you? No. You can't. <laughs> oh. Now, then it becomes a, a monopoly. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah, we've seen dynasties. Rick Hendrick and, and Herrick Motorsports had a dynasty. But you can't look at them today and say they have one right now because they've got one guy that's won a lot of races. Yeah. The other three, not yet. They hadn't won any. Yeah. Big uh, difference. Yeah. None. None. William Byron, zero wins. Alex uh, Bowman, zero. zero wins. Who's the other guy? Chase Elliott, a lot of seconds, zero wins. All right. Off the wall topic, spot on, spot off. A woman was prevented from bringing an emotional support peacock on an airplane. What an idiot. Who does that? Was it, uh, didn't Tony go with Dell Jr.? Was it Tony's? <laughs> Tony has oh, yeah. monkeys. No, Tony uh, upstairs, Mayoff. Oh. He went to Minneapolis with Dell Jr., so I'm, it might have been his. Might have been his peacock. Emotional My peacock. sister likes peacocks. Maybe. Spot I mean, off. This is ridiculous. You know, what's sad is there are a lot of people, say, with PTSD, and they have an animal that travels with them, and they've served our great country, and they just need a little bit of comfort. They need a little dog to, to just hug. And this idiot that brought this peacock on this plane is now saying no more emotional support dogs across the board. Because one idiot thought a peacock needed to be on an airplane. I don't want to sit beside a peacock. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, do I you? Mean, where do you, you draw? You know what a peacock is? Where do you, yeah, but where do you draw the line here? Does it get drawn at cats and dogs? I mean, it should be I drawn. I don't want to sit beside a cat either. Yeah, but it could be a ha- Cats are pretty. Cats are horrible. But they're they really. In a, they get in a pan, <laughs> and then they get out of that pan, and then they walk on your dining room table with <laughs> leftover on their feet. Cats are horrible. They should not be in anybody's house. There's a lot of cat people in the world, though. Well, they need to get rid I, of them. I'm just they saying, there's cat outside. people. It's more, do you draw the line like if you, at a cat and dog, or I mean, hey. I mean, where's the line drawn? Just dogs, cats? I mean, it's dogs. It's dogs. That's the only pet that people need to have. But cat people that might. they walk around with and that they let in their house is dogs. Well, Tyler, fish, like Tyler Reddick. Go with you. Tyler Reddick's a cat person. Uh, he might want to take. I mean, he might want to go his cat. He might want to watch his cat go in there and stand <laughs> in that litter box. Which, oh, by the way, if you're pregnant, you can't change this litter box because it may harm your unborn baby. So how healthy is it to you when you don't aren't don't have a baby? I don't think he's getting pregnant. Well, he's probably <laughs> trying to get somebody pregnant. I think we should go to Ask DBC now. <laughs> so over the weekend, I chose a few hashtag Ask DBC questions to ask guys here today. First one's from at ARSOX13. Which of the spotters will get their first win of the group in 2018 between you guys? Man, I'll be honest with you. Not that I'm ever dishonest, but <laughs> I really like Ford's chances at plate tracks. I, I mean, we know Penske's had a lot of success. We know Stuart Haas has success. I think all of our drivers are really, really good in the draft. So I, I think TJ and I both have a chance to, to win multiple races in Daytona. You know, obviously him won more than me because I'm not in the clash. But uh, I, I think the only real people that can compete with us, the Fords in general, at Daytona will be those Toyotas of Gibbs. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely with the nose and stuff. 
I think Fords have a have a good advantage at at uh, plate tracks. You know, it's definitely going to hurt at mile and a half a little bit more like it did last year, but. I think Ford's schedule get a new nose next year. So Ford's getting a new nose on their other cars next year. Yes. Yep. So, um, but I like you know I really like our chances going to Daytona. I really do. You know I like working. I'm looking forward to working with Joey. He's very aggressive. He is. Um, we've watched a lot of video in the last couple of weeks. We've we've spent hours watching video. Like what would you say here? What do you just uh, and what I did? I just pretended I was spotting. Yeah. He's like, what would you say here? And I'm just, and we were watching, you know, the 88, and I'm like, this is what I'd be saying. He'd be like, oh, that's that's good. I yeah. didn't, didn't, and it's just getting to know each other. And yeah. Um, so I'm looking real forward to it. And it takes a little bit. I mean, to throw two guys <clears throat> into a an intense scenario like that who are both competent guys. TJ's a very accomplished spotter at plate tracks. Joey's obviously a very accomplished driver. But the timing and the jargon and all those things, what they're doing now is, is great, but it's going to be a little bit different, and they're going to have to debrief after practices and mm -hmm. debrief after these these races to really fine-tune it to try to get it right for, for Sunday. Now, I'll say this, man. Tony Raines goes out with his first race with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch loses his rearview mirror. Tony Raines and Kurt had never worked together, and they won the Daytona 500. Yeah. So, obviously, you guys can do it, but it does take yeah. a little bit of time to get a on the A lot of things page. went right. A lot of things. I mean, a lot of people ran out of gas at exactly the right time. Uh, but and Kurt knows what he's doing. There's a handful of these guys that could probably lose their radio and mirrors and probably not in the draft. But I agree. Not with in the you draft. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've been well, with drivers that I thought that that they lose it in the draft and yeah. we went to the back. You know, and and luckily it didn't get too bottled up two by two real hard behind them there. You know, had there been a handful more laps, it might have. But right. um, it worked out great for for Tony and and Kurt at the end of that race. But. Um, you know, it's going to be a question. Is Joey going to turn the wheel when I tell him? You know, when I tell him that run's coming, is he going to is he going to turn the wheel? Is he going to trust me? Is he going to wait? Um, it's going to take some of that. We're going to have to, you know, learn that over again and and um, see how it goes. The timing of the block is essential to success at Daytona <clears throat> because that timing launches you forward and it gives you the ability to make passes. I don't think anyone has ever been more aggressive going forward when they get that push than Dell Jr. was. So it'll be curious to see if. If Joey has that same aggressive mentality, you know Clint, we've had to we've had to change the way it was because the last few years it was like okay you get to the to the middle to the bottom that's kind of where you want to be. Now if you let somebody to your right rear, and we probably shouldn't say this on the show if other spotters are listening, but as a spotter, if you let a car get a run on your right rear to plate track, he's probably going to pass you nowadays if you don't finish that block. And that's the weirdest place for them to block is that right rear. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't prefer I don't like the bottom. At all, no. Not, I don't like the bottom. I'd rather be, I'd rather be in the middle and high side. The bottom, you're just, you're stuck on the line, and people can work your quarter panel and door as hard as they want, and yep. you can't do nothing about it. Yeah, you're trapped. What are you gonna pull the air off the line down there? You're done. So you're trapped. You're stuck. But here's the thing: as fans going into this race, this is our last show before the Daytona 500. These guys run a left side mirror. They can see their left rear very, very well. Their right rear, they can't see as well. That's where they have to trust us and trust that timing and make that block. If they're going to maintain that lead, if they don't yeah. do it, they'll lose the lead. You got to stay. You got to stay in front of the momentum. Yeah. All right. At Barbecue Doc zero twenty four asks, who had more fun during the off season from the DBC crew? Well, if you like, there's only two of us left. I know. There's only so. two here. Brett, Brett went to Aspen and got hammered. I changed diapers and got spit up on. Yeah. So I'm actually more fun than TJ is anyway. So I would have to say that I probably had more fun than you did. In my prime, I was pretty fun. Before kids, I was pretty fun. You didn't even have fun at Dell Jr.'s party. 
That's because I, like, I had a kid let's the next day. That's because that's because it is Tamla's party and I'm not here. At his 40th birthday party, I took them shots. Me and Regan had like three or four fire fireball shots in a row. And ended up on stage. You puked. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but I ended up on stage, and that's not how I wanted to end that night. Yeah. So everybody yeah. else got on stage. Dude, I laid on a piano. It's <laughs> <laughs> not good. Man, what was up with to go back in time? What was up with your birthday, man? And everybody sending out all those drunk pictures of you. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> hey, I'm all, that's a, see, there is a fun menu. <laughs> see, you weren't awake in any of them. That's because it was like four in the morning in most of them. <laughs> the good one where like, man, this guy calls these people his friends. It's Kevin Hamlin. It's Dale Jr. It, Joey Meyer, Joey maybe. Meyer, yeah, sending out pictures of TJ. It's all hammered. It is. It's good, man. I mean, that, hey, at least I'm a fun drunk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I don't drink, but I mean, when you do. <laughs> All right, at D Flint fourteen asks, how do you think the new inspection system will affect your job as a spotter, if at all? D Flint, uh, have you ever watched a race? Have you ever seen us spot we inspection? Don't, inspection has zero to do with our jobs. It has a lot to do with the guys on the ground. But yeah. as spotters, all we want to see is our car come out on the pit road and be cleared to race. That doesn't change. Unless you don't make it out for qualifying. Yeah, it doesn't change how we do our job. And I think no. that's the question, man. This the, the inspection question should be what happens. And here's the reality. None of us know because here's what teams are doing right now. They're taking their cars. They're building their cars. They're going through their own Hawkeye systems. Then they're taking their car untouched to NASCAR, and they're seeing where the discrepancies and differences are. The reality is if they're not calibrated the exact same, you're not going to get the same result. When you yeah. come and you get to the racetrack. So the question becomes, and this was a big argument last year with a claw system, is, you know, we'll go through your, your system and there's a tolerance and then we, we're illegal. We don't change anything and we come back through and we are illegal. So the question is, man, how close can these teams calibrate their system to the system that ultimately matters, the one that's going to be at the racetrack? Because that one at the RD Center, it doesn't matter either. Once they move it, if it changes something here or there. Oh, I mean, we're talking deal. thousands of an inch. Like, if yeah. it – I mean, that's – It'd be like me or you walking through it and kicking it. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, the inspection it, it doesn't change us, but it really affects the teams big time. And it I, don't, I don't know if there's – we're our own – we create – like, not we personally, but the teams, we've created a lot of this stuff. Um, we've made them have to inspect this stuff and, and put us in this tighter box because we we always venture outside of it. Yeah. So um, it's uh, kind of our own fault, but it's something they have to do. It's our own fault, and because of our own fault, I think I think this is known pretty much. Composite bodies are coming to the Cup Series <clears throat> next year. We're running them in Xfinity last year part-time, full-time this year. That's to get the system right. Except next year, plate tracks, I think, right? Next year, these composite bodies will be in the Cup Series, and it's to stop some of the manipulation. The good thing is the composite bodies are more durable because they're made of a hard material. When we run body like these bodies we run this weekend at Daytona, bodies we run in Atlanta, man, those things are twisting and moving so much the teams have to go back and put new bodies on them. So the composite body will, will change that aspect of it. But, man, the tech process, I don't want us to be embarrassed like we were last year when cars like half the field didn't make it out for qualifying. Dell Jr., Clint Boyer, when guys like that don't get out for qualifying, that's embarrassing. As a sport, you know yeah. what I mean, and it's uh, and it's it's not it's not a actually it's not like completely tech's fault either. No, it's Man. it's on the team and the body. It's we're not trying to just, get everything yeah. we can get. Yeah, but uh, all right, what you got? All right, at Travis C underscore forty eight asks: Should the Monday after the Super Bowl be a national holiday? 
I was talking with someone about this last night. Um, I don't know why we don't – I know it's Super Bowl Sunday, but why not have Super Bowl Saturday and play it on Saturday night? That way, I mean, that way everyone can have you. It's it's a it's a known party. I mean, you want to get together with your friends, and they start this thing so late, and it's so long. Um, I, I think we should do it on Saturday. I wonder if your idea – and by the way, I think your idea is great, but I wonder if your idea is – bad because they they're worried about people in their 20s going out and partying and not watching the game and it hurting their ratings because we know we race on sunday afternoons because that's when you have a captive audience and i like your idea because i don't have anything to do on saturday nights anymore but i'm just wondering if that's maybe why not but should it be a national holiday nah get your ass up and go it should be a national holiday but it, it needs to either be played earlier um or i mean to me saturday night Super Bowl Saturday night, that might give them a reason to party. I mean, the game was over at 10 o'clock. Nah, it was more like 10.30, wasn't it? It was yeah, between the two, I think. 10.30. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, man. If you can't party till 10.30 and then get up and go to work next day, you suck. I just think it'd be I think it'd be a lot of fun on a Saturday night, in yeah. my opinion. I don't disagree with you. All right, you want to introduce the fan call. The fan call. Each week when we tweet you to submit your Ask DBC questions, let us know if you would like us to call you by saying something like hashtag call me. To be able to personally ask us your question, producer Jason will randomly select one fan and DM him on Twitter to set up a call. Are you sliding into DMs? <laughs> <laughs> He's playing numbers. What did, yeah. you ju- what did you just say? What, they're gonna, what was that? They're going to hashtag um, some que- you know, call me like in the – Jason's so, going to DM them. So we're going to call fans. Yeah, he's going to get it all lined up. And, and then in order we for are us gonna to call a fan, they're going to DM you? Him. No. him. When and they tweet there, we're uh, not going to know. So Jason yeah. Schultz is already trying to get girls' phone numbers off the Twitter. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's you, Y'all created this. You, Jason created this part of the show to market himself to girls. Yeah, it Jason, could be anyone. Anyone can send Jason Mingle. <laughs> Two girls, <laughs> right. Preferably. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just asking. The damn youngin. I'm going to tell you all something. I can edit this out. I'm just I went, no, 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 no. I, no, went, I went to Aspen. <laughs> I went to Aspen, and it was gay ski week in Aspen, Colorado. And and it's the largest gay ski week in the world. True story. So I get there, and, man, I'm down with skiing, and I'm down with partying. But I'm going to tell you all what. These are the partiest I've ever seen in my life. Like, they start partying at 8 in the morning, and they partied all night. And I couldn't hang with them. So many poles. It was – it was, dude, they were naked on the bar at 12 <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> I'm talking about naked. <laughs> Full-blown naked. And you? I wasn't naked. I was cold. <laughs> I was actually cold, man. Like, I had on my whole ski gear, and I'm oh, looking at the bar, man. and I'm like, all right, dude's got on a rainbow bikini. That's cool. <laughs> then he takes it off, and I'm like, all right, that's not cool. And my wife's going – Oh, my God. <laughs> Your like, wife's going, that's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, honey, that's not real. <laughs> Just quit looking. <laughs> we got to go back to the ski lodge, to the to gondola or something. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what, man. That's a fun community. They party their balls off, literally. <laughs> okay. Love it. Uh, yeah. Huh. So, anyway, we are going to try to do some uh, more fan interaction with some phone calls. So, yeah. So when they tweet their Ask DBC uh, yeah. questions, if you want to be called, you can put call me in, and then I'll DM them for, uh, DM them sure for the number. Make sure that we uh, – who's screening these things? I'm p- I'll pick the question. I'll pick the – He'll pick the hashtag. And yeah. He'll, yeah. He's yeah. going to The best question it. will probably get it. 
if they want to be Make called. Make sure you don't pick any of these clowns I've blocked. All right. <laughs> I'll confirm. Uh, yeah. Thousands of them. I'll send to you I prefer I the one of the clowns it. that – if Brett's blocked you, please call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I think Mark Hunt, I think Mike Harmon will call. Beg to be unblocked. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. you want to make your 500 picks since we won't do a show next week? So we, I mean, yeah, we could. Driver picks. So, so we're we, going to do the same deal where we pick for 26 weeks? I guess we got to ask that guy if he's going to do it again. Then we reset. <clears throat> if not, Jason will have to do something. Wasn't it Cor- Cornelia, Cornelius J. Witt? V-Witt. V-Witt, yeah. yeah. He did a great job. He did an awesome job. It was an awesome sheet, too, that he made. There's yeah. no way Josh could ever have done that. TJ, you go first, man. I won again, so I'll give you the – I mean, I'm going with the 22 car. All right. You got oh, wait, wait. We only get to pick these oh. once, right? Once until once the, chase. the chase starts. Playoffs. Uh, yeah, playoffs. <laughs> Same thing. Um, There's 40-plus drivers. Just pick one. <laughs> yep, I'll go with the 22. I'm going to start off with a win. Get up 22, on 22, I'll go with Danica Patrick. The girl. So you don't want to race this time? I got, I got Danica Patrick. It's the only time I can pick her all year. I don't have to waste anybody good. I'm still I'm, – I'm very content um, with my pick. I am perfectly happy with you doing that. Yeah. All right. Well, That's I guess that – That's the fastest you've ever picked, by the way. Well, I've had a long time to think about it. <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> Three months. <laughs> it finally hit you. Um, so, that's uh, that'll wrap it up for the first show. Um, I'm going to be uh, dancing with Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse. I don't know what Brett's planning on doing. Same. Going oh, are you going over there? Yep. Need a ride Sunday? Yep. <laughs> the uh, – we I fly down Friday morning. Yeah, me too. Same for you. Fly down Friday morning, wreck, fr- wreck, race Friday, Saturday. I'll probably wreck Friday night in Oyster Pub. Race Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't have anything to do. I literally do two practices, and they're not that hard because we're not going to draft. So when are you going to Orlando? Going to Orlando Sunday morning. What? Family's flying in, doing uh, Disney all not, week. Are you not in the clash? Oh, you're not. That's right. Okay. No, not in the clash. <clears throat> I'm Clashes, going after. Pole winners and chase drivers. I am going uh, after the clash, so. Yeah. Be over there till early Thursday morning and come back. Yeah, I'm so. going to come back Wednesday night just because that Thursday is a long day. It is a long day. But family stand down, so they'll have fun. Kids so. love Disney. So we'll have a lot to talk about when we get back. Yep. And uh, I'm sure Jason, Jason work on the fake ID thing. Yeah, I will. Fake I'll let ID. You know. uh, Keep you updated. You know. Make sure you screen these calls properly. Yeah, yeah screen right. them properly. Yeah. <clears throat> Make sure we're not calling anybody, you know, crazy. Crazy. There's some crazy I'll stalk people on out Twitter there. first to make sure yeah, they're good. Yeah, maybe go through like their history maybe a little bit. But uh, all right, well, I guess we'll talk to you after the 500. And as always, thanks to One My Financial for bringing this podcast to you guys live and direct from the Exalted Studios. We out. See ya. Holla. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 